Pepper and... This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. People love to think beyond the physical realm. In fact, humankind is captivated by the supernatural. In fact, there is a Christian television program that's even called It's Supernatural. And so it gets a lot of fascination fascination with the spiritual, the mystical, and the paranormal, and that kind of thinking, not only in the Christian world, but throughout the secular world, is growing. Whether it's biblical beings like angels or demons, or fictional beings like ghosts or the spirits of the dead, it seems that Hollywood is fed with this spiritual fascination and has fed the rest of the people. And so we have been prepared for a spiritual realm, whether or not we thought we were spiritual at all. People, religious or not, seem to be attracted to the spiritual unseen realm. So there's an allure of the spiritually dark and satanic and evil realm that seems to be growing at a an alarming rate. The allure that draws the non-religious towards the dark spiritual world however, has begun to make its way into mainstream Christian circles. The spiritual realm is fundamental, though, to Christianity. And the Bible has stories, as you know, of angels speaking to Abraham and Jacob and David. Yet much, if not most, of the world possesses the clear belief that something more than the physical and material world exists. And science is the one important and influential institution that has resisted the spiritual dimension. But everything changed. When scientists attempted to unify the forces of gravity and electromagnetism, and in the search for this great unifying theory, the theory of everything science opened up the possibility for higher dimensions, even a so-called quantum world. And so... We enter the world, the quantum world, the world of string theory, the world of, well, relativism, time, and even eternity. All that here on Viewpoint today, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And our special guest today says that he has familiarity with these realms, In fact, he has a book called The Bible, Dimensions and the Spiritual Realm, Are Heaven, Angels, and God Closer Than We Even Think? Jeff Rhodes joining us here on Viewpoint Today. Jeff, it's good to have you on the program. Thank you, Chuck. It's good to be with you. Now, I grew up, Jeff, in a pastor's home. And you're a pastor, and I'm a pastor, but I don't recall ever having my father... uh, Take us into a world of ten dimensions, such as you discuss in your book. Ten dimensions? We live in three. How is it that a pastor like you can lead us into a tenth dimension? (laughs) Well, first of all, string theory talks about that many uh, dimensions. 
So I kind of use that as a springboard to say, if, if we as Christians talk about a higher dimension, which is the spiritual realm or heaven, then we're not so far, we shouldn't be discounted because scientists are talking about 10 dimensions. Mm-hmm. So if we talk about one or two more, then we should have the credibility that they have at least to talk about that. Well, at least it gives us a little bit of room there uh, to consider. <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, as I got into your book, uh, it was quite fascinating but but I'm curious why and how you decided to write on this subject. Well, what led me to it really was uh, teaching about angels being possibly in a higher dimension, and they slip into our dimension and slip back out of our dimension. Mm-hmm. And that's what, when I would listen to a particular Bible teacher, he was teaching about that, and, it, and he used the example, and I use the example when I teach about flat man, and a two-dimensional world versus a three-dimensional world. And that's really what kind of led me into exploring these higher dimensions. And is it possible? Is, is our angels in a, another dimension next to us, and they step into our dimension? Well, it seems that they would have to our, be that way. Y- yes. Most of the time, we think of everything being three-dimensional, so that, that uh, angels are just invisible, and they're floating around us, and they appear and disappear. We even think of heaven being way, way, way up in the sky. It's just an addition to our three-dimensional world. But it's possible that it's another dimension right next to us. But when you start talking that way, a lot of times people will discount you. And that's where string theory comes in and says, hey, we're not discounting string theory, so don't discount me by saying heaven's in a higher dimension. Well, obviously, uh, your book and our conversation here today uh, is about whether there might be unity between science and the Bible concerning the spiritual realm. Yeah. And you say that by looking at what the Bible has taught for thousands of years, in light of what scientists have uncovered just in the last couple of hundred years, we can understand the spiritual dimensions in the Scriptures from a different perspective, and it becomes not just more real, but actually plausible. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's an encouragement from the book is people want to know that heaven's real. So if, a, if there's a book that comes out about heaven being real or somebody experiencing heaven, that's very attractive. It's very attractive. People like that. People buy that. People want to hear about that. So in, in my book, what I try to do is take, here's some facts or some theories from science that intelligent scientists are saying, here's small ones, and I'll just put them on the table. And I put about five or six or seven of these on the table. And if you look at all these, it's pointing to our universe, there's more to our universe than meets the eye. There's a lot of questions that they have. Before Einstein came around, they thought they had it all figured out, and then Einstein comes and says, time's expandable, space is expandable. Now the atoms are possibly empty space. There's a lot more questions we come into. It's totally fascinating. Uh, I mean, you're presuming by your statement that there are uh, intelligent scientists out there Uh, I practiced law for 20 years uh, before I uh, began this radio program 27 years ago. And Mm -hmm. uh, there are those who question whether there are intelligent lawyers out there. In fact, there are some who question whether there are intelligent pastors out there. (laughs) So this matter of intelligence also is relative, isn't it? That's correct. That's absolutely correct. Yes, I agree with that. Well, I'm so glad because that brings us into unity here. And uh, God desires that we be in unity. So many people, including scientists, they do have a a difficult time believing in the spiritual realm. 
uh, because you can't test it. You can't you can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't observe it in the laboratory. So for the world of science, it must not be real. That's right. They want to, they want to test things. They want to see things that they want to be able to to look at things and in three dimensionally. And that's why when science opens these things up that they can't answer, possibly that's pointed to the same thing, the same thing they can't answer with God, that there's more to our universe than, exactly. than meets the eye. You know, that's, I think that's the reason why Dr. Richard Levonson of Harvard uh, said that even concerning evolution, even if all of our theories are wrong, it doesn't make any difference because we can't allow a divine foot in the door. Right. Unbelievable. And that's the mentality. All right. We'll be right back with our special guest, Jeff Rhodes, after this, friends. We're going to make his book available. It's going to be fascinating. I know there are going to be a lot of people who are going to want to get a hold of this book. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. The Bible says that we need to be careful in our living because and exercise hospitality because we might be entertaining angels unaware. Now, how is that possible, that we're entertaining angels unaware? Well, I think what it really means is that we might have an angel in front of us appearing as a human being, but they might actually be a spirit being called an angel, and hence the warning, just as the angels, two angels appeared to Abraham, the father of the faith, out there in a desert realm, right there at his tent. So we've had reports over the past uh, decade, after actually over the past 30 years, many reports of angels appearing to people in their cars. They pick up a person and all of a sudden, after driving and talking with the person, they disappear. How could such a thing be? Our special guest today, Jeff Rhodes, with his book, The Bible, Dimensions, and the Spiritual Realm. It's a $15 book. My producer says I'm to offer it to you for $10 here on the program today, so I'm going to do that. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at one 800 Save USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, and we'll get the book in your hands. Now, Jeff, have you been aware of some of these reports? Uh, There were quite a few of them in the 1970s, 1980s of... uh, seeming angelic appearances uh, all over this country. Yes, and I don't report any of that in my book, uh, but Billy Graham has had a book that reports a lot that had some uh, of angelic uh, meetings, people that had 
encounters with angels, and those are very popular. People, whether they're a believer in Christ or not, almost everybody believes in angels, right? I mean, with this, angels is one of those universal things people believe in. Well, people are even buying these little uh, figurines and pretending that they're angels watching over them, their guardian angel. Right, yes. They, they, people are very fascinated with angels and angelic beings, and, and that's where we have to be careful sometimes in, in the angelic teaching, right? So the Bible teaches about angels, and it tells us what they do and a little bit about them, but it, it, there's just, it'd be like having a painting and having a few uh, parts of that painting filled in, but the rest is blank. And sometimes people fill that blank part in incorrectly, mm-hmm. or we have to guess what's in those between. So we have to be very careful just to stick with whatever the, the facts about yep. the angels and not go too far with those. True. Now, one of the things you did say is that we can entertain angels unaware. So in the Bible, we do see angels are called spirit beings, mm-hmm. but they're also seen as material beings. They're, they're, they're seen, we mistake them as a, as a person. So we know that they are multidimensional. They can be in the spirit world and in the three-dimensional world. Now, the Bible talks about Michael the Archangel. Have you ever seen him? I've never seen Michael the Archangel. No, I no. haven't seen him either, but I understand that historically and in in God's view, uh, he mm-hmm. has been waging war in the spirit world uh, on behalf of uh, God's true people and followers. Yeah, it appara- and there's a couple different instances in the Bible where he appears to be the protector or the angel uh, uh, over Israel, or to protect Israel. That is mm-hmm. that is correct, yes. All right, so the Bible from the very beginning reveals this spiritual realm uh, to us. In mm-hmm. fact, you could actually say that that is what the purpose of the Bible is, is to open to us an understanding within reason of the spiritual realm so that we as humankind living in a three-dimensional world could be reconnected, reunited with the Creator. Yes, who is a spirit being but also manifests himself. So perhaps during the fall we were able to, before the fall, we were able to have have more of an experience with the spiritual realm or to to experience the spiritual realm. But because of the fall, perhaps we've lost that ability and we're relegated ourselves to our five senses and we're only able to perceive, see, and live in this three-dimensional world. It seems that Adam must have had uh, some of that uh, ability because he he walked with God uh, and he talked with God, God talked with him, and then when... When Adam disobeyed, disagreed, dissed what God had said, then all of a sudden, that spiritual dimension was interrupted. What do you think that means? You you know, I think, so when you see the fall with Adam and Eve, and Eve's fall was described a little bit more, she made three choices that had to do with the the senses. She chose to to make a choice that had to do with the three-dimensional world. It looks good. It'll, right. it'll make me wise. So, Actually, it was fall, his wife that had that choice, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And then and he, cho- and he chose with her after that. But yeah. in doing that, either you, you want this three-dimensional realm. Okay, you've been relegated to this three-dimensional realm. And when we die spiritually, for that, that spiritual death, maybe that is what eliminated our 
spiritual eyes, our spiritual our spiritual awareness, per, perhaps. And we are, so now we have to uh, when we become alive spiritually through Jesus Christ, then we have space to to see uh, spiritually. To, to re-enter that world, at least to an extent, uh, rendering it possible for us to be reconciled with God. Yes, yes. All yes. right. And then we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Now we don't get, we're not fully restored to where Adam and Eve were, right? But we do have a, we're alive spiritually where we were once dead spiritually. That so gives that that gives all new implication and power to God speaking to a fellow by the name of Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldees at 75 years of age and go to the place that he would tell him to go. Didn't even tell him how to get there and so on, but he did tell him to get up and get his fanny out of Ur of the Chaldees and uh, head toward where he was going to show him. And the Bible says that Abraham acted immediately. He didn't pray about it. He heard the voice of God. Apparently, uh, there was a spiritual openness and connection between Abraham and God to where he, unlike Adam, was willing to hear and follow God's voice. Yeah, and, and he becomes faith. the father of the faith then. Yeah, yeah. He believed God as what he said was true. And he had faith and he followed me. Okay, so then Abraham ultimately, at a later time, experiences these angels, and they tell him that he's going to have a son in a year, reinforcing a promise that God had made to him 24 years earlier, that he was going to, in him would all the families of the earth be blessed, and he had no no son. So God confirmed that message to him angelically by angels appearing as human beings and even eating his food. That's correct. And they had three angels. Probably one was the pre-incarnate Christ that mm-hmm. was with him and two angels. Yeah. And we wouldn't even know they were angels if it wasn't for the next chapter when they go on to Sodom and Gomorrah to uh, to rain judgment down yeah. upon that city. Now, you use the term pre-incarnate Christ. Uh, yes. I think I, I do understand what that means, but it's hard to comprehend because we think of Jesus showing up for the first time in Bethlehem. Right. But apparently, numerous times throughout the Old Testament, Jesus showed up, but more in the form of an angel rather than in the form of an incarnate human being. Yes, we would see that as the angel of the Lord, angel of Yahweh. And in that, we believe that it's got to be God because that angel of the Lord received worship at one point in time. And right. angels are not to receive worship, so it has to be God. And it was before he uh, Christ came, so it's pre-incarnate uh, God, pre-incarnate Christ. So when Jesus came to earth, mm-hmm. he came to be incarnated. He was a spirit, but he came to be incarnated in a three-dimensional world in the flesh so that the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us so that we could see, hear, 
recognize what God would be like in a three-dimensional yeah, we, world. We would have God dwelling with us in this three-dimensional world. And then on top of that, he came as the second Adam, the last Adam, right. the perfect Adam that wouldn't sin, so that when we when we place our faith in him for forgiveness of sins, we have a we have a pure bloodline back to God. We are born again, born of Christ, not born of Adam anymore. That's our first. Right. Born a second time, born again of Christ. And we have a bloodline through him. So through the God. first Adam uh, disobeyed God in a three-dimensional world and mm-hmm. lost his spiritual connection. He died yeah. spiritually. Yeah. Then when Jesus called the last Adam, not the second Adam, the last Adam, <laughs> Yes, came, that's right. uh, he gave, made it possible for us to be, our spirit being, to be reborn, or shall we say, made alive, so that we could experience sufficiently, if we were willing, to obey God and be reunited with him. Yes, we have spiritual life through Christ. We're born spiritually. We're born naturally through Adam born spiritually through Christ, and that, so we have spiritual life, and that shows us of the spiritual realm. And Jesus displayed the spiritual realm over and over again. His birth is probably the greatest of that, God coming to earth, right, and inserting himself in the three-dimensional world from yeah. higher dimensions. So that's the and reason then, why Jesus argued or actually rebuked Nicodemus when he said, you're a leader in Israel and you don't get it? Right. Don't you understand what happened to Adam? Don't you understand how he became disconnected with God, who is spirit, and how if you're going to be reconnected, you have to be born again? I think Jesus used that term born again almost in a sort of like a euphemistic sense to try to help Nicodemus understand, look, you've got to have this spiritual connection restored. Yes. Yeah, you have a new bloodline. You have to have a spiritual bloodline through Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we're born of Christ. Now our lineage goes straight to God. So we're sons of God because we're born of Christ. Okay. Now that sets the spiritual stage for us. But now we have to enter a whole new dimension of understanding, and that's the realm of science. And yet yeah. science has been, if there was ever any kind of institution or thought process out there in the world, that has repudiated the world of the spirit, it would be the world of science, wouldn't it? That, uh, yes, I agree. It has. They've, they've tried to eliminate God from that, and that's where evolution uh, really initiated from or tried to take on steam. I do think, though, in these last 100 years or so, when evolution has not proved to be the, the blockbuster thing they thought it was, that more scientists are open to a big guy in the sky or a creator of some kind, <laughs> yeah. whether it's you. Intelligent being, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, even Einstein came to somewhat of a conclusion like that. He didn't yeah. disbelieve yeah. in God. He just didn't get carried away by believing in God. Exactly. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't believe in Christ as his, as right. his Lord uh, or God of the Bible, but yeah. knew there was more to this universe than just then there had to be something out there that started this. And in fact, he's the one then that uh, discovered this, what, what they call the theory of relativity, 
equal, yeah, so. e equals mc squared, and yeah. it changed the rest of the world and its thinking, even the scientific world, and opened it up to a whole new world of extra dimensions, didn't it? It did. It kind of blew people away when they found out that that the speed of light never changed. It's always the same speed, but time changes and space changes. And those are, those are dimensions that time's really a, a fourth dimension. Okay, it's, well, it's that related. helps me to understand, Jeff, then why, even though my computer is supposed to be operating at the speed of light, it doesn't seem to. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> okay, because the whole digital world is the speed of light, isn't it? The whole, yeah. Supposedly. Whole is, all right. Yeah. Yep. We're going to open all this up now as we head into this the scientific realm and uh, its connection with what the Bible has to say. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. Got to get the book, The Bible Dimensions and the Spiritual Realm. $10 on our website, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint, friends. Now we enter a world of conundrum. We really do. As we take a look at the world of science, trying to pretend like we're little mini Albert Einstein's. Going all the way back to 1905, when he introduced the spirit, the theory of special relativity to the world. And what he discovered and concluded was that the laws of physics don't change, even for objects that are moving at constant speed with frames of reference. The principle of the speed of light is that the speed of light is the same for all who are observing it, regardless of their motion relative to the light source. So, it seems that one of the exciting findings from Einstein's special theory of relativity was that the speed of light was constant, but time was not. Now, isn't it interesting, Jeff, that the Bible says God is light, and with him... There is no change, neither shadow of turning. He's constant. Yeah, right. That goes along exactly with what science has concluded and that there is no change in the light. What does change is time. And that's what's relative, isn't it? That's right. And that's what blew people away. They would, you would think that, that the speed of light would slow down or something else at time changing the people, the scientists just couldn't believe it. And the more they tested it, the more they found out that it was true. And the more we learn about that God is light, and the more we learn about light, we see so many parallels between 
the consistency of life and the consistency of our God. It's everywhere. It, 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 it's a, it, it doesn't uh, change in speed. Uh, it is. Uh, it's what is what powers atoms, the electromagnetism. I mean, there's just a lot about it. So, so God lives in the eternal now, because yeah. with Him there is no time, and that's why the Apostle Peter wrote that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. And so with God, there is no time. So how did we get time? Well, apparently, uh, you know, God created time, right? So when he created, and that's really the, the kind of the basis for us knowing that there's higher dimensions, is that God has to be outside of that which he created. So if he creates the the three dimensions of space and one dimension of time, space time, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then he is it has to be outside of that. And so he's beyond that. And he also created the spiritual realm. So he's outside of even the spiritual realm that he created. Okay, there was a fellow by the name of H. G. Wells. Uh he yeah. wrote a book called The Time Machine. Uh that really caught our country uh by surprise and introduced a whole lot of other thinking in the mystical, uh, spiritual world, how so? So when, when the theory of relativity and H.G. Wells came out about the same time, actually a little bit before the theory of relativity, and you find out that time is flexible, that t- there could be wormholes, you could move forward in time, that really opened up the time travel movies and all the time travel stuff. And then mm-hmm. at the, the higher dimensions, or dimensions uh, being... Uh, can contract and, and expand, then that brought the psychics out. So now you have these psychics that could help you find your loved ones in these higher dimensions or these other dimensions or in, an, in go back in time yeah. or forward in time. And it really, though science was, was pointing to this flexibility of time, the psychics were, cap, were capitalizing on it mm-hmm. and trying to help people talk to their dead family. And yeah. it was a bad time. Well, it's interesting because uh, Ronald Reagan's wife and also yeah. Hillary Clinton invited such mystics and uh, fortune tellers and so on right into the White House. Yeah, and, and that's where you, and I think that would go back to the beginning of this, or even the beginning of the book, saying the fascination, right, with the spirit, their spiritual realm, yeah. good and bad. So they think it was good, right? So we know it from the Bible perspective, when you when you open those doorways, you're opening it to possible demonic uh, uh, influence. And yet, the, and that God instructed us in his word, even though he wants us to be open to the spiritual realm, he doesn't want us to be open to the dark side of the spiritual realm. And so he uh, warns us not to get involved with uh, talking to the dead and bringing up spirits and, and Ouija boards and all of that stuff. That's correct, because that opens a door to allowing Satan and the demons to mislead us, mm-hmm. to uh, to take us to to feed information into our brains that that will that was false, that will mislead us, and we will think it is a dead relative. We will think it. We can think whatever. It, it's not truth. Well, it also might truth. lead us into information that God never had intent for us to know. Uh, for That's instance, uh, the first king of Israel, Saul. Uh, became so terrified, uh, he had lost the spirit of God because of his rebellion and stubbornness. God took his spirit from him, 
and he was like uh, uh, a fish without fins. He he was a yeah. he was a canoe without a paddle, and he couldn't go anywhere. He didn't know what to do, and so he had to uh, secretly get to someone to find him, the witch at Endor, who was supposed mm-hmm. to have been under a death penalty if she were found. And so he goes there to inquire of her uh, what's going to happen in this coming battle that he's facing. And, yeah. uh, of course, he gets the, the message, uh, you're going to be like I am. In other words, you're going you're gonna to exit this three-dimensional world, and you're going to be like me. And, of course, he was terrified when he heard that. Yeah, yeah, we we can we we can find out things that we're that we shouldn't find out that God does not want us to know. I agree. So he doesn't necessarily want us to know the whole trajectory of our life. He wants us to prepare our life such that at any moment, our involvement in the realm of time might cease and we'll face an eternity. That's right. We are to live like this. We're to live every day ready to to meet the Lord. There you go. So this whole idea is, well, you know, I'm just not ready. I'm I'm just not ready uh, to make that decision. I'm having too much fun, or I want to do this, I want to do that. So I'm just going to wait until a convenient time. That is an absurdity from God's viewpoint, isn't it? That is, because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And when God offers that gift and he sets that gift out there, we have a we have an opportunity to take that gift. We don't know how long it's going to be extended out. We don't know how long that gift of salvation will will be on his hand for us to receive. So we're when it's offered, we are to receive that gift of salvation. We can only get into heaven through having our sins forgiven. And yep. when he offers to forgive our sins through Jesus Christ, that's the only way to get in there. So over and that. over he says today is the day of salvation, not yes. tomorrow. God does not right. live in manana. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and that, and you know, and really, as I was studying for the time part, time is right now. We don't exactly. have ten seconds of time. You don't have ten minutes of time. You have this right now, and and it, it continually moves like a conveyor belt, right? That continually moves. exactly. And it reminds me of that quotation that I learned when I was a kid: "Only one life will soon be passed. Right. Only what's done for Christ in time will last." So we're living in time. In a sense, we're living in eternity as well. But the ultimate destination in that eternity is not yet determined. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, we, what we do for Christ will, will be last. What we do with God's Word mm-hmm. and, and Christ and people, those are, well, those are what are, are eternal. So what would you say to somebody who's listening and uh, they have been wandering in the world of doubt and they've been reading a lot of uh, this stuff about science and uh, time and time travel and uh, string theory and all of this new uh, scientific stuff that can become so fascinating and yet they kind of almost use that as a a smokescreen to hide from what God is actually wanting them to do right now. What do you say to what, what I would say to that person is God God is not only multidimensional, but he gave us a book that's multidimensional. So if God is outside of space and time, he wrote to us from outside of space and time, mm-hmm. and that's the Bible. 
And that's how we really know that the Bible is, is true, is the prophetic things that happen in the Bible yep. is a verification that he is outside of space and time when he wrote that. And in that book, he tells us how, that what we need, the most important thing is for us to trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's so important that God came to earth. He came to us. All other religions, they're trying to get to God. Mm-hmm. But he came to us yeah. and that he died on the cross to pay for all of our sins. And he offers that to, to us uh, today if we w- would accept that. And I think science points to the fact that there's a higher dimension. I think uh, the fact that this world has been created points to a, a creator, and mm-hmm. that creator spoke to us through his word. So all right. of these things, I think, are small pieces of evidence or circumstantial evidence. If you lay them all on the table, it's going to point to God. It's going to point to the Bible. And he gives us this, this free gift. We don't have to earn it, pay for it. We don't have to be good enough for it. We don't have to, to hurt ourselves for it. We just have to receive it. And some people have a hard time receiving free things, receiving a gift, and that's gift. Yeah, the only time God. that they don't have a hard time receiving free things is from the government of man. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a little easier. That we don't want to submit to the government of God, and therein lies the problem. Uh, yeah. And that requires that we humble ourselves as, uh, shall we say, beings in time to the God uh, that lives outside of time that has, because he created things in time, uh, can require us to do his will or not. And uh, so our obedience on this planet in a three-dimensional world uh, is what God is looking for. And when we are willing to do that and humble ourselves, he by his spirit then, the spirit realm, he by his spirit, extends his grace to us, that's his enabling power, out of time to equip us and enable us to do his will. That's right. That's right. Hmm. When we, we have to know there's a problem, when we know there's a problem that we can't get into heaven because of our sin, then we, we look for a solution, and God has the solution. All right. Friends, the book, it's a fascinating book, The Bible, Dimensions, and the Spiritual Realm. Are heaven, angels, and God closer than we think? Uh, yeah. You might say, yes. $10 will put this $15 book in your hands on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Welcome back to Viewpoint. You know, one of the most fascinating things, friends, is that the world of science 
because it can't allow or won't allow a divine foot in the door, because of that, it had to create an alternative explanation for our existence. It's called evolution. And in the realm of uh, geology, it's called, what is it, universalism, something like that. Uh, Charles Lyell, the geologist for whom a mountain that I uh, suffered a sprained ankle on in Yosemite was named. He was the geologist that carried on the same spirit of evolution. These guys hated God. They wanted to explain why God didn't need to be God because everything was natural. They had to get rid of the supernatural. So they came up with the idea that either things continued on always as they were, or things developed progressively out of nothing. Now, what's fascinating about that is that science itself says that's impossible. The most, one of the most fundamental rules of science is the rule of entropy, the law of entropy. What is that, Jeff? Entropy is where everything is winding down, that, that everything going from order to disorder. And in my book, I quote entropy a few different times by secular scientists that, mm-hmm. that you would think they would be uh, writing about creation the way they're talking about the, that the universe is, is going from order to disorder. Exactly. So if an explosion happens, that how, how can you have order from disorder? In other so, words, an explosion isn't going to create more order and isn't going to create new species, and uh, we weren't, aren't going to see things uh, exponentially increasing and improving, but rather diminishing, disintegrating, and being destroyed. Yes. I mean, you go to your basement, and it doesn't get cleaner, right? You have to go down <laughs> and put energy into it. <laughs> your, your garage doesn't, doesn't, you don't go in one day, and your garage is already clean, unless your wife went in there and did that for you, right? It was really nice. But uh, Is she a spirit being then to do that for you? <laughs> She would be an angel. If she, if she <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you quote a guy, uh, an astronomer, Alan Sandage, and I want to read what he said here. I was practically an atheist in my childhood. Science was what led me to the conclusion that the world is much more complex than we can explain. I can only explain the mystery of existence to myself by the supernatural not by the natural. That's a that's a, an astounding statement. And I think, uh, in reality, astro-scientists and so on have to come to the conclusion, this is way beyond my pay grade. I couldn't have created this. This could not have self-created. This is the product of some supernatural intelligence that put this universe together. Yes. Definitely. When you look at the just the mathematical laws that govern our universe, the fact that we're on a ball, that we're spinning in space, and there's people stuck to it on the top, bottom, and all around. <laughs> and just, you know, there are so many different, you know, uh, laws that, that are universal. It points to a, a designer of some kind, right? Now, we kind of, we know who that is, but a lot of people will say, it's going to be a designer of some kind, right? Right. 
Nothing with order and design occurs without a designer. That's right. It's a given. Yes. I mean, my iPhone didn't make itself, right? And it doesn't matter how many, I can lay the the parts out. It doesn't matter how long they lay out. They're not going to assemble themselves. Things go from order to disorder. They don't go from disorder to order and then back to disorder again. So So the only way your life can go from disorder back into order from God's viewpoint is by your allowing his spirit in to revive, restore, and give you new birth. That's right. He gives us, he get, he, we have triumph over spiritual entropy, right, by accepting mm-hmm. Jesus Christ as our Savior. Exactly. He puts our life back in order. And then when he's the center of our life, then it's in order. And then heaven really is a place without entropy. So when you look at what heaven is, it, it's a place that things aren't getting older, things aren't decaying. And I think it's so strange to us to think of that place. We try to describe it in various ways. And we usually think of heaven as being someplace you're there a long time. But it's not about the length. It's about the fact that we're in a place, and the future doesn't matter because you're not getting older. You're not going to yeah. retire. Things aren't breaking down. It, we don't understand that kind of world. So in, in, the, in the heavenly realm, mm-hmm. from God's viewpoint, there is no past and there is no future. It's all an eternal presence. And in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy, and his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore, as the Scripture says. Yes, yes. And so time doesn't matter. Is there time in heaven? Well, if you, it depends on your definition of time. Is, if, there is a, if, if time is a series of events, then there are a series of events happening. But it doesn't matter, because time matters to us here, because I have an appointment in two hours. I have something happening next week. Mm-hmm. I, I am growing older. I need to do this. We're in heaven you don't have a schedule where you're needing to do things or worried about it. So yeah. you're able to experience a second dimension of time. Okay. So, so you won't need a cell phone in, in heaven. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You won't That's need right. a schedule book. You won't need a cell phone in heaven. Uh, we're going to have eternal fellowship. Uh, yeah. We're going to have the presence of God. If we have conducted ourselves in time, to be prepared for eternity. Yeah, if we're prepared for eternity, which means we've, we've received forgiveness of our sins, because we can't go into heaven with sin, right? If we take sin into heaven, we, right. we ruin it. We bring entropy back into heaven. Exactly. So we, can't, we can't allow sin into heaven. Which so means God isn't into- going to grade on the curve based upon, what kind of, based upon my good works. That's right. We have, there's not a scale there that says, okay, you've done 1,000 good works, but only 500 bad works. So you, this one outweighs the other one, so you can go in. No, the question is, do you have any sin with you, on you? You can't bring that in. How mm-hmm. do you get rid of it? Well, does good works make your, erase your sin? No. Does being funny erase your sin? Does going to church erase your sin? No. The only thing that erases our sin is having it forgive, having it paid for. Yep. And Jesus paid for our sin. He, he paid the bill. All of these things start to connect if we're willing to orient our thinking correctly. And that's why we yeah. call this program Viewpoint. Viewpoint, there are no neutral viewpoints, Jeff. All viewpoints are in the process of determining destiny one way or the other, for good or for ill. And yeah. what we're yeah. saying here, uh, as we begin to look at the interconnection between science and the scriptures 
and uh, the time in which we live, we begin to see that, look, we're living perhaps in the end of time from God's perspective. And quite frankly, if that were not the case, I would not have left the practice of law at the height of my career to plead this ultimate cause of a lifetime to the jury of my peers, the American people, but particularly the church in America. Because we as professing Christians in this country don't get it. It seems that from pulpit to pew, we are so locked in to the worship of time that we just don't get the value of our relationship with the Lord uh, in a spiritual and eternal uh, uh, sense. Yeah, because a relationship takes time, right? It, ta- it, 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 it takes time, and if you don't place time into something, it, it, it's shallow. Mm-hmm. And death takes time. Whether it's with your marriage, or whether your children, or pastors with their congregation, us with our neighbors, it all takes time, doesn't it? That's right. And I think in heaven, we're going to have the depth of that time and to, to spend with our Lord, to spend w- with others. And heaven is a concrete, real, dimensional place. It's not a foggy, kind of mystical kind of cloudy spot where we're going to be in a choir singing. I think it's more real than than the, the world we're living in now. It, it's more dimensional. The colors are more vibrant. The sound is, is, is more real. That everything is more real than, than we have now. But we just can't imagine that, right? We, we can't. can't in a three-dimensional world, we cannot imagine that. Uh, scientists are telling us, have told us for a long time, that there has to be at least a fourth dimension. And then there was a musical group back in the 60s uh, that sang a song, they were called the fifth dimension. They sang, we're in the age of Aquarius. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And guess what? They say it's all about global consciousness in time. They're missing the whole point. They're missing the whole point. They're, they're, they have the wrong viewpoint, right? That's right. They have the wrong viewpoint. So I'm thinking of another song back in the 60s or 70s. It says, time, oh, good, good time, where have you gone? Right. Time is we, we fleeting. On time time, time is fleeting. We are so conscious about time and trying to save time that you end up getting to an age where you say, where did the time go? What did I do with my time? How did I live my time? So, If, if, I, if, if, time, if our time here on Earth was, was $1,000, how did we spend that $1,000? How did we spend our time? Was it on ourselves? Was it on others? Was it wasted? Uh, how do you, what did we do with our time? It's interesting, because just before his crucifixion, Jesus said over Jerusalem, you know what? You did not understand the time of your visitation. You right. just didn't get it. You did not understand that the Lord of time was right here in your midst, performing miracles, and you still didn't get it. So That's right. I asked a rabbi uh, on this program a while back, if you rejected Messiah, Jesus' Messiah, 2,000 years ago, what makes you think you'll recognize the Messiah when you think he's going to come? Here was his answer. That's a very good question. Mm. (laughs) But the Mm -hmm. problem is that not for the Jewish people, it's for every one of us. 
because right. we are living both in time and eternity. But there's coming a point where time is going to be no more. In fact, we find in the book of Revelation an angel who says he's given instructions from God, deliver the message to the earth. There will be time no more. Yeah. Wow. In this point in time where we where we have time, and, and time, the clock seems to be in the 11th hour, right? Yes. It, that, maybe maybe five minutes or two minutes to 12, midnight. That's right. That's right. And so the... the the decisions become even more important at that time. Right? It does. So there's an intensity of God's spirit because he loves us and he's a merciful God and he's a father that does not desire that anybody should perish, that all should come to a place of repentance, not believing in God. Everybody believes in God, almost everybody. Even the right. devil believes in God. That's not the point. It's almost impossible not to believe in God. You have to be blind in one eye and refuse to see out of the other not to believe in God. The question is not whether we believe in God, it's whether we believe him. Yeah. That's the real issue, isn't it? It it is, and it becomes a truth and lie. And Satan is trying to feed us false things, and we see that all in our media, everywhere around us. And there's the truth out there, and we have to be able to discern, find, grab a hold of that truth, and Mm -hmm. stand on that truth very difficult this time. Yeah. As we live in time, and we're increasingly brought to focus on idolizing this world, the material world, to blind us so that we do not see the reality of the world to come. Right. Wow. Thanks so much, Jeff, for writing this book, The Bible, Dimensions, and the Spiritual Realm. We didn't even talk about string theory. That sounds pretty stringy to me. It's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. Maybe deeper than you are pay grade. But anyway, you can read about it in his book, friends, The Bible, uh, Dimensions, and the Spiritual Realm. Uh, It's a $15 book, yours for $10, on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries. When you write, make sure you make a generous gift, friends. I'll tell you, uh, time is moving rapidly. You have an opportunity to participate in preparing the way of the Lord for thousands of people across the world for such a time as this. Do it today. Don't delay. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 